If you have um, a copy of God's Word with you, however you have it, online or in a book, um, turn to uh, the Psalms. And today's Psalm 19. There are things that um, I enjoy about Huron. Um, you see, I grew up in California. I grew up in Southern California, where it is uh, street upon street upon street, building upon building upon building. Even lived in Northern California, where there's still houses everywhere and streets everywhere. And even though we lived in the mountains, we missed seeing something. And that was the glory of God's heavens. When you live in the big city, uh, we have what we call light pollution. Makes it impossible to see most of the stars at night. And um, one of the things I enjoyed about Huron is that uh, where in California it would take me three or four hours to get far enough away from a city to see the heavens, I can go uh, 10 miles north of here and turn on some little dirt road and uh, get out of the car and actually see the Milky Way. I haven't seen it for years, not since I was a little kid or Boy Scout camping far out in the woods. And I love the heavens. I love to watch, look at those pictures that come from the Hubble Space um, Telescope that shows us um, the far-reaching galaxies. So we appreciate being here, uh, where it is dark when you leave the city limits, where you can see the heavens and uh, see God's creation. And Psalm 19 today talks about the heavens as God's work. Psalm 19 Verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day, it pour, pours forth speech, and night to night, it reveals knowledge. Yet there is no speech, nor are there words whose voice, a voice which is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth, their words to the end of the world. In them, in the heavens, uh, God has sent a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom leaving his chamber. Like a strong man, it runs its course with joy. It is rising from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of Yahweh is perfect. The testimony of Yahweh is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of Yahweh are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of Yahweh is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of Yahweh is clean, enduring forever. The rules of Yahweh are true and righteous altogether. 
More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from my hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. The wonders of God's creation, the wonders of God's word is praised in this passage. Theologically, we uh, say that God has revealed himself in two ways. One we call general revelation. He has revealed himself to all people. The Bible says that he has done that through his creative works. That as we look at the heavens, as we uh, look at the uh, minute things, whether it's looking through a telescope or looking through a microscope, all those wonders draw us to God. Speak of his glory. You know, I, like I said, I love to look at those pictures from the heavens. And recently, um, some of the astronomers, some of the scientists have said that there is a possibility that there are more than one universes. Now, whether you believe that or not, think about that for a while. We say that our universe is eternal. It is constantly pushing itself out to the edges. And then to believe that there are other universes like ours, something inside of you says, that is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. God is a creator God. He is not his creation, but he is the creator of all that we experience in nature. And he's created those things for two reasons. One, to bring glory to him. Second, to uh, draw us to himself and to give us a, a part in his work. To see. The heavens declare the glory of God. The sky shows forth his his majesty, his handiwork. Verses 2 and 3 grant us the picture that um, the heavens are out there, the molecules are before us, and yet they don't talk. You can't put your ear to the telescope and hear the heavens say, Hi, Randall. How are you doing? I'm just here to let you know that there is a God and he loves you. You can't do that to a microscope. 
Now, someone says there's noise in heaven that they can pick up with radio telescopes and so forth, but they are not really proclaiming to us the understanding of who God is. General revelation shows us the majesty of God, but does not really explain to us his character. Thankfully, God has not left us at that place. God has uh, spoken to us. God has given us what we call special revelation. Things that we would not know unless God had spoken to us. He has given us his word to help us know about him and the person that he is and the things that he does. The scriptures tell us that the word of God is living and active. It's alive. It changes us as we read it. The psalmist declares of um, the word of God that is perfect. Verse 7, where it says the law of the Lord, it's not referring to just the Ten Commandments. It is the word Torah. It's those first five books of the Old Testament as we have it. The teachings of God. It's, It's what David had, the psalmist, the writer of the, the psalm has Before him, he doesn't have chronicles and the prophets and uh, specifically he doesn't have the New Testament. He doesn't have any of that. He has the Torah. It's there that he puts his heart and his mind. And this he says about the Torah of God, the teachings of God. He says they're perfect. They um, are blameless. They revive the soul. As we read it, our souls can be revived. They are sure. They can make us wise. They are right. They rejoice the heart. They are pure. They open our eyes. It says here that the fear of the Lord is clean. That's kind of a strange statement. But again, when David wrote this, I can't say for sure, but the teachings in the Torah tells us that it is the fear of God, the fear of keeping his commands that helps us experience God. The writer of Deuteronomy declares that to us. They are righteous. And then we see the benefit of God's word for us, his revealing. He says it's They are to be desired more than gold.
I have a confession to make. <laughs> what I always love is when the pastor says that, all the eyes open up. Ooh, good, here comes the juicy stuff. Now, um, on my little smartphone, which is smarter than I am, um, we have an app for our bank. It allows us to open it up, punch in a little code, and see how much money I have. It's amazing how many times I open up that app to see how much money I have. I open it up even though I know I haven't spent any. I just want to make sure that it's still there. I'm drawn to that. But how often do I, in uh, Echo, or spend my time and open up my Bible app and read what's in there? The word of the Lord is to be more desired than gold, than all the riches we have, than much fine gold, the best gold. The word of God is better than any of that. You can live on the word of God. It's sweet. It's like honey. Now, Here's confession number two. I don't like honey. Now, I know. Crazy Californians. I just, I never have had a taste for honey, possibly because my mom used to mix it with medicine so I would take it. And there's not a amount of honey that you can have that covers up the taste of medicine. But I, but the scriptures say it's a good thing. It's like the very drippings of the honeycomb. It's sweet on our lips. Not only is it desirous, not only is it tasteful, tasty, not only do we like it, but verse 11 says we are warned by it. As we spend time in God's word, it gives us warnings of what not to do and where not to go. It protects us. And in keeping God's word, there is great reward. Great reward. We will celebrate... Um, our Awana kids this Wednesday. And one of the things that we repeat in our Awana program and the kids know that they are to hide God's word in their heart so that they would what? Not sin against him. It's a warning to them. And there's a great reward in not sinning. Have any of you... Um, Recently, maybe just in the last day or so, last week for some of you, um, sinned. I won't ask for hands, but it, it may, this may uh, be uh, appropriate for you if you have found that you have sinned in the last 
couple hours or days or weeks for those of you who are more perfect than most. But you know what a blessing it is when we don't sin, right? When we make the right choice, there is reward in that. That when we face good and evil, we choose the good. When we face right and wrong, we choose the right. When we face God's way or our way, we choose God's way. And in that, there is reward. The word of God can reward us as we hide it in our heart and use it as a block against sin. Verse 12, who can discern his errors? The psalmist says, I just can't figure it out. I don't even know when I'm moving towards sin. I just can't, I, I can't discern my errors. So he calls out to God and he says, declare me innocent from hidden faults. Now there were some measures of um, levels of sin in the Old Testament. And if, there, if you sinned not knowing that you shouldn't have done a thing, you were ignorant of it, you could be actually declared innocent, not guilty, because you didn't know. That's one reason God gave us the Ten Commandments. Now, watch my word here for a moment. God has given us the Ten Commandments. I think the scriptures make it clear, even in the New Testament, that it wasn't so much that he expected us to keep them, but to show us how we didn't. We know sin because of God's law. And it should drive us to him. So the psalmist says, there are sins that I have committed that I don't even know I committed because I didn't know it was necessarily sin. God, please hold me innocent of that. And then he says, keep your servant also from presumptuous sins. Those sins that I know are sins. Those things that I know I will purposely do that is contrary to the word of God. I, I walk into it eyes wide open. Presumptuous sins. The psalmist says, keep me from those. It kind of will be echoed in the Lord's prayer. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Help me, Lord, not to go there. And then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. God shows us himself in all of creation. God reveals himself to us in his word. And therefore, I would say, we need to uh, spend time in God's creation. We need to drive out into the countryside late at night and stare up at the stars. And we need to spend time in God's word. 
for there we know God. I don't think it's without purpose that in the Gospel of John, we are introduced to Jesus as the Word of God, the one who has revealed God to us. We know God best in Jesus. He needs to be at the center of our lives. We need to surrender our lives to Jesus. And what is our response in all this? Verse 14. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable be worship, we could say, in your sight. O Lord, O Yahweh, my rock and my redeemer. Let the things that I say and the things that I think about and dwell on your creation, your word, be acceptable in your sight. My rock and my redeemer. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is Bethesda M B. Org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.